there, podcast listeners. I am your host, Rochelle McLeod, and you are listening to the diary of a glorified fat girl. I think I, I firstly just want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the Instagram page, which we now have a Instagram page. It is at glorified fat girl at Instagram. Um, it will be linked in the show notes, but supported the Instagram who has popped on to listen to an episode or two. Um, who has given feedback, I honestly made this without the intention of ever releasing it. So the fact that it is out into the universe now and people are listening and commenting is, it's nerve-wracking but it's exciting. And I honestly thought that the next day having the podcast out I would be like, oh my god, I'm going to take it down. But if anything, I just got more excited. I think this is my little passion project. I think it's my um, little baby and I just want to keep nurturing it and seeing what happens. And I'm not really expecting anything. I'm not really expecting, um, I don't know, like success, quote unquote. Um, Like I said, this is my passion project. So... This is a safe space for me and anyone who wants to join it. And I'm just thankful, like I said, for whoever is listening. And I just want to give a little shout out to Tilly. Tilly is the host of the Hot Mess podcast, which um, I have been a fan of since day one. And I remember when she dropped this podcast, I remember thinking to myself, this is such a badass move because at that time I hadn't thought to myself about ever making a podcast or that it was possible and she was the first person that I had kind of I guess known in my life to do so and I was like okay I see you I see you um but Tilly and I actually went to school together and I have so much respect for Tilly and her sister um so her sister's name is Lucy Hello, Lucy, if you are ever listening. And Lucy called me up. I want to say this was like just before the pandemic hit. Um, And I just remember we had this really beautiful long conversation over Messenger. And uh, she also apologized to me for all the bullying that I went through in school. And she is the only person in life (laughs) who has ever apologized to me um and you know it's one thing for someone to uh apologize but just to have someone acknowledge what you went through um that that never happens you know usually you go through those really tough and difficult moments and you just kind of move on from them and um you kind of heal from them and they become a part of you in some way but I don't know it just it meant so much to me that she not just acknowledged that but then went on to apologize and I just have the most respect for uh, these girls they are just the sweetest people that you will ever meet and Tilly is absolutely killing it on her podcast and Um, we had this little exchange where I 
I kind of let her know like, hey, I, I started a podcast because a few months back, my psychologist was like, why don't you just kind of create the safe space for yourself? And she was telling me how one of her other clients started a YouTube channel. And I was like, I don't know if I'd start a YouTube channel. She's like, well, you don't have to start a YouTube channel. You could, you could do anything you want. And I remember thinking about Tilly. I remember thinking, well, Tilly was badass. She started a podcast. Maybe that's something I could do. And I just started planning episodes like, well, what would I talk about? What would I want to talk about? And I just eventually started putting things out into the universe, but I was never going to share it with anyone. It was going to be my little secret. Um, but then, yeah, we had this little exchange and I just, I let Tilly know, like, I started a podcast <laughs> and I was, I was nervous about it. And she was so supportive. She was like, put it out there. Everyone has a voice. It was really a girl supporting girl moment. And this just goes back to these two girls are the sweetest girls you will ever meet in your life. Um, they have the hearts of angels. And I just got this unhinged confidence in that moment. Like, yeah, you're right. You're freaking right. I'm going to put it out there. I gonna put it out and I woke up the next morning and thank god I didn't regret putting it out I was still very much so excited about it I was like yeah this is great and I here I am I'm still excited about it um but I want to give credit to Tilly because I would want to say that this podcast would not exist without her and it would not have dropped without her to be honest um I think I would have just sat on it and continued keeping it a secret for a little while longer. Um, but yes, so nothing but love to Tilly. Go check out her podcast, The Hot Mess Podcast. Um, she talks a lot about dating in your 20s and it's freaking hilarious and it is extremely relatable. Uh, but nothing but love to Tilly. This episode is going to be a little different because... My other episodes are kind of related to things that I have kind of gone through and I run off a script kind of um, very loosely and I don't know if you can tell but I'm not really running off anything right now. I'm just kind of freeballing it. Um, is that the term? I don't know. And that's because in this podcast I... I just wanted to answer some questions and I put up a Q&A on my Instagram and I, I let some questions roll in and I, I'm just going to answer them here for you. Um, I will say, I did say that I would answer anything. Um, I should have put a disclaimer to that because if you're asking for my shoe size, I'm not going to answer that here. So I'm sorry, you can click off now if that's what you were wanting to hear. Uh, but I just wanted to do this because there's already a few episodes up and, you know, you can kind of go back in and listen to those and get a feel for what the podcast is going to be in future episodes. But just to stay in touch with who I am and so we can stay in touch with what I'm about, I think checking in every now and again to do a bit more of a personal episode is a good thing. Um, so I'm going to be answering some of your questions today the best I can and 
even flicking through some old ones that I've gotten in the past because I'm not gonna lie some of the new ones that I got I was just like I don't know how to answer this so I'm going to answer some of the new ones answer some of the old ones um so yes if you hear your question being answered let me know on the Instagram page because I'd love to know who actually sent these in so the first question is do you like anyone at the moment and um I should have seen this question coming in no I do not I do not like anyone at the moment um I think there's a lot of curiosity around my dating life because I I never talk about anyone and I went from having such a public relationship uh, for seven years where I posted everything all the time to just radio silence and I have not posted a single soul since. Um, I have been dating and there has been people but um, no one at the moment. Uh, there was somebody earlier in the year and we are still friends and I have nothing but respect for this person and we are on good terms. It just didn't work out and that is totally fine. Uh, but I am just very much so in my lane right now and I'm very much so focusing on myself and I think that's the best place to be. I don't want to be so caught up on what's coming next or who's coming next. I just want to let life take the lead and just trust the process. Have you had any work done to your face? Um, I actually really love this question and I love it because I am all for being transparent about this stuff. I never want someone to, um, I guess, look at me, maybe I'm not a great example here, but I guess look at someone and go, oh my god, they're just so perfect, when in reality, there's other things kind of helping, you know? And I'm not against this stuff either, so as much as I am all about, you know, loving yourself and all of that kind of stuff, I think a part of that too is doing what makes you happy, and if, um, if altering or enhancing a little something does that for you, go ahead. By, by all means, do so. Um, I will say, any changes that I've had done to my face are only in the last two years. So I started my modeling career with my natural face. Um, and the only changes that I've had done is I've had my lips done twice. And I had filler in my jaw and the leftover in my chin just because one side of my jaw was a little uneven. <laughs> like one side, the, my favorite side, fabulous. She, she was fabulous. But the other side, not as much. Um, and if I wasn't modeling, was, would that be something that I would necessarily go out and do? Probably not. But because I see photos of myself all the time, it was kind of like, oh, I'm getting sick of seeing that. Like, I just, I want to, I want to tweak that. Um, but both of those things aren't permanent and uh, they will eventually 
quote-unquote disappear, dissolve. Um, see what happens when I'm not running on a script. I can't English. Um, that's not to say that like in the future I won't get Botox or I, I won't do something else. But as of now, there is no interest um, and I've had nothing else done. Uh, I would love to get veneers, but they're expensive. <laughs> Any dental work. <laughs> um, but yes, that is the work that I've had done. And I, I think, you know, it's totally fine to be transparent about that. And I think, I think it's good to be transparent about that. This one is just a super cute one, but it is, what is something that you're learning about yourself right now? And I want to do an entire episode on this. But um, I am learning right now that I am in my cocoon stage of healing. And to be honest, I'm so excited to be here. And I want to deep dive more into, well, what is the cocoon stage of healing? Um, but essentially, it is kind of where you, you start to say no a lot more to plans kind of start spending more time alone and you're more comfortable doing so and I am I'm very happy to be here because I think in the beginning of I guess um my seven year relationship ending and my therapy journey and when I was kind of unpacking everything I I felt like I had to have someone with me all the time I just I I couldn't be alone and I was always looking for validation if that be from something online or a man anyone anything just to give me a little perk in my step um, and you know all of that's fine but like it's not it's not sustainable those things are these little highs that go away and they don't sustain you for the long period you have to be able to sustain sustain yourself from within happiness comes from within and I know that, that is so cheesy but it is so true and I'm just so happy to be at a stage of my healing journey where I'm okay if I don't go out every weekend I don't feel that FOMO um and and I'm okay being single. Like, if I'm not talking to a guy at the moment, that is totally fine. Uh, it's not the end of the world for me. Um, and I don't need that validation because looks and appearance are the last thing on my mind. So I don't need those constant compliments to make me feel anything because when they come in, I don't. they don't make me feel anything. Um, I'm just so happy in my little bubble and I'm kind of reconnecting with my authentic self and I've been doing more I'm calling them my alone time activities um, and you would have seen them on my main Instagram if you are one of my friends and you have followed me there and they are my painting um, I just started flower pressing uh, I'm reading a lot more books I'm just doing a lot more things that are for me that are for nobody else but for me and I will spend like two three hours at a time just doing these little activities for me and I completely forget about the outside world and 
I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm falling in love with this little stage that I'm at. And, um, yes, yeah, so I, I will love to do an episode on that kind of how to get there because it, it is a long journey. Again, I've been in therapy for four years and only now am I in my cocoon stage. Um, you know, there were moments where I was like, oh, I'm in my cocoon stage, but like I would still kind of be talking to someone and I would still feel FOMO on the weekends if I wasn't going out. <laughs> but I am truly at peace right now and I've learned that I actually, I, I love this stage and I'm, I'm happy to be here. So that's what I've learned about myself recently. Are you upset about your Instagram being hacked? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know what? I, on my new Instagram, I did put a statement out. A statement? It sounds so official. Oh my god. But, um, I, I did put a little thing out being like, hey everyone. Just because, um, you know, I had 30,000 followers. And it's not lost on me that even though that is a micro level of following, it was still a following. And that that is a big loss. I mean, I was working on that account since I was 15. Um, I suppose the only thing that I'm sad about is that I had archived memories and photos that I don't have saved anywhere else that I can never get back and that is a real bummer. Um, I mean I, I am sad because 30,000 was growing at a rapid pace and had I still had that Instagram today um, we would have well and truly been over 30,000. Um, but here's the thing I think everyone around me was more upset for me than I was because looking in having a following is everything but when you have a following it really means nothing like truly truly it means nothing um you know, every little milestone that I would reach, I would be like, oh my god, I'm so excited, like 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, oh my god, 10,000, and you know, all of that is valid, it's totally valid, but it takes away, uh, I don't know how to word this because I'm not, I'm not scripting this, it takes away the fun of it, I suppose. When I was posting to less people, you know, I could post whatever I wanted and um, it, it was really just for me. I was posting lingerie photos for me because I was learning to become comfortable in my body with seeing it for how it is and not trying to change it. And it wasn't to appease the masses or look a certain way. Um, but then the more of a following I got, it became about the male gaze and I was being overly sexualized and it took away what I wanted those images to mean in the beginning. And so it no longer 
stood with my values it no longer stood with anything that I wanted and that's not to say that like if you want to do that like you do that you go ahead like I'm not shaming you in any way at all like you do you but for me like I just didn't want to be seen as one thing I am still this whole other person outside of a lingerie photo and I was upset that that was being dismissed and if you had looked at my Instagram prior to uh, a following beginning you would see that I would post photos of flowers I would post photos of dogs and it's just that when I started posting more of myself and I started to get that following um, it did it it took away it took away the fun it really did I will say that I got a lot of love uh, but with a lot of love you'll always get some hate and I never really got a lot of hate but I will say that if I still had the account today and it had grew, grown bigger I probably would have some hate but I, I still got hate and you know like you can get all this love people coming in and like my favorite messages were always the ones that were from girls saying things like um, my body is similar to yours and seeing you be so confident in your body makes me feel like you know I can get to that place in my body one day and seeing you flaunt it makes me feel confident that I can flaunt it um, and I I would even have conversations in real life with people um, and I remember I was talking to this couple and uh, the girl's boyfriend was like, you just make her feel good about herself, you know, like she sees you and she just, she gets this boost of confidence and like, you've given that to her. So thank you. That means so much to me. But the comments, like the CD comments from the men, um, they gave me the ick. They mean nothing to me. Uh, and then, and then every now and again, you would get a hurtful comment. And that one hurtful comment, it would, at least for me, it would play on my mind. And I would sit there for days and I would mull over it. And it's honestly because, you know, I am still in recovery right now. I, I am still on my healing journey with my body and I'm probably not in the position to hear people say such intrusive negative things in that space and I am still human and there is only so much that I can handle um so I guess with that I would just want to say like to be kind to everyone that you do see online because you don't know what they're going through what you see is not everything I mean, I shouldn't have to say that. that, that's just common sense, right? But I think when we're on our phones or we're behind a screen, we forget that these are real people and they have real feelings and they may not show it all the time, but they go through those emotions. So when my, my Instagram was taken away from me, I was like, oh, it's gone, really? That's so sad. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, I'm free. I am 
free to start over. I am free to be my authentic self. I am free of all those kind of creepy men that have found me. I am just, I'm free. And I, I got so excited. And yeah, my following hasn't bumped up to what it was. And that is fine. At the end of the day, the only things that ever mattered to me was my job, modeling, and my friends. And all of that I had in real life. So whatever a hacker could take away from me online is fine. Because anything that meant anything to me, I had in real life. And the following truly didn't matter because I'm still getting brand collaborations. I'm still getting brand deals. I'm still getting everything that I was previously getting on that account. Nothing has changed. Everything that I have worked for is still there. And I'm still very proud of that. And it's purely just because everything that I have in real life was so strong because again hundreds and thousands of likes on your photo and following online it really does it, it means nothing it really means nothing um, I don't know if I'm gonna offend someone by saying that but truthfully <laughs> uh, what I had in real life and what I have in real life means more to me um, so I'm okay that account is gone. I'm very much okay. <laughs> that was a long tangent. I'm so, so sorry. Let's move on to the next question. Thoughts on male curve models? I would love to see more of them. I would love to see more curvy men on the runway. I would love to see more curvy men in store. I think we're starting to, and that is really exciting. Um, but I would, I would love to see more. I, I know that a lot of agencies, that is a big gap. Um, you know, we're starting to kind of see more curvy women uh, for agencies, but we still don't see a lot of curvy male models. Um, so I think that that is definitely a market that agencies need to dabble into. I, I think that that is definitely a place that the industry is lacking in. Um, men need representation too because what is usually sold to men is this buff kind of guy or um, you know your fashion runway model kind of guy this very slim build uh, but that's not necessarily the kind of guy we see in everyday life down the street and I, I would love to see more curvy men be represented. Um, yeah, no, I don't know what more I could say about that other than there is a big gap. There is market for it. And I think it, I think honestly it starts with modeling agencies because I think, I think a lot of them just don't have curvy male models um, in their agencies. And I, I think... It starts with them scouting them and putting them out to brands and so that brands can see how talented they are and, and their potential. Uh, but let's get them out there. So that kind of leads me to my next question, which is how did you get into modeling and any tips for somebody wanting to get into the industry? And I'm really not going to um, answer this too much here, if at all. 
because I do have an entire podcast called Dear Diary, I'm a Curve Model. And in that podcast, I I not only dive into my experience, but I explain um, a bit about the industry and uh, how I got scouted and um, kind of what the industry is looking for at different times. And, and that's the thing, right? Like, it's, it's really based on what the industry is looking for at that time. So um, 10 years ago, I wasn't what the industry wanted. And right now is just my time. Um, it's a very tough industry. It is uh, a very competitive industry. And that is not me trying to say, don't even bother. Because, of course, put yourself out there and and give it your best shot. But just know that in this type of industry comes a lot of rejection. Um, it's definitely not all glitz and glamour that is sold to you. And you do have to have a thicker skin. Um, but... Yeah, I, I go more into it in that podcast, so I definitely re- recommend listening to that. Um, but I would just say a great place to start would be just to get some digis, which is just you and no makeup. You can actually just Google and kind of see what they are and just get your measurements and start applying to agencies, kind of start building up a portfolio. Um But again, I think the biggest thing to know is that if you have rejection, it's not you. It's just that the industry might not be looking for your look at this time. I was applying to agencies when I was a teenager and nobody wanted me. And then one random day I got scouted um, when I was an adult. So... It, again, it comes with a lot of rejection and you just have to wait for your moment. But I will also say practice makes perfect. So practice your poses, practice your walk, practice all that kind of stuff. There's sometimes where I feel like I'm getting really stale because I do a lot of e-com and I would love to dabble out into some other fields and because a lot of my my job is e-com and I'm just smiling and it's very structured and routine. I feel like I, I get stale so I have to sometimes practice like, oh my god, do I know how to do anything else other than smile? <laughs> um, so practice, practice, practice. Just keep practicing. Um, Instagram model baddie poses are not what we're looking for but uh there are some stuff you can find on Pinterest and yeah, just, just keep practicing until you get it perfect. Keep applying, but definitely go give that podcast a listen. I go more into it there. Were you afraid to admit that you're in ED recovery? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the difference though for me is that I had come out publicly about my eating disorder a very long time ago um, and I've spoken about it very openly so it's not like it was a secret by any means um, it might have been new information for uh, other people looking in 
but uh, it's not news to the OGs. And I think because I've been in this space since I was 15 and I have been battling this mental disease, I'm going to call it, um, because that's what it is, for so long now, I have gotten so comfortable with, okay, this doesn't define me, it's not who I am, but this very much so is something that I am going through, and it is a massive part of why I am the way I am, and it is a massive part of my story and my journey. Um, so because I have been so open and honest about where I started and where I've come, the only thing I haven't said was, I'm in recovery. I, um, to be fair, when I would come out and say, I have an eating disorder, I have bulimia. I would, in, in my mind, I was quote-unquote healed. I didn't know any better. And then it would keep popping back up privately and I, I was in denial. Um, so to be in a position to accept help and go into recovery was difficult. Because it meant that I had to accept that this thing that I wanted to be gone so badly actually wasn't gone. And I had to accept that I still have work to do. But again, I've been so open about the journey this far that that was the only last little tidbit that I hadn't been open about. Um, and that's why I've created this space for myself to do so. I don't want to be open about it on my main Instagram necessarily. I don't want to have intrusive questions. I don't want to be out to dinner and have people ask me questions about it. So please don't do that. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to create this safe space for me and for you where we can have open conversations about it because I am sure that I am most definitely not the only person who has gone through this is going through this and I don't ever want anyone to feel alone because I've I've felt alone and that's not a nice place to be in um so yeah it was hard because it means being vulnerable with everyone and the as I said in my um, first episode, there is a lot that I won't share um, to protect myself. But what I will share is that I am and little bits and pieces of what I learned along the way. <laughs> Why don't you show anyone that you're dating? <laughs> I don't know if people think that I've had like a secret relationship or something. Um, but I haven't had anyone serious enough that they've deserved to be shown. <laughs> um, I was in a very serious relationship for seven years of my life and that was emotionally abusive and I, I showed everything. I shared pictures of 
us constantly and then when that relationship ended in a very negative and heartbreaking way I you know I was left explaining myself to people who weren't even my close friends because they had just become so invested by seeing our photos online and now I just I don't want to share anything unless there's something truly to be shared um like I said earlier in this episode have been dating not dating currently um some have most definitely been more serious than others all that to say no one has been serious enough for me to soft launch them and pop them on Instagram or go public in any way um just know that if I ever show a relationship that person went through uh a lot of hoops and I must really trust them or something I don't I don't know um because I'm not just gonna put anyone out there (laughs) and I also just want to say that you know I didn't owe anyone an explanation and I didn't have to justify anything to anyone um and neither do you regarding your relationship or relationships um but at the time I was young and it was my first time going through something that big and it had been so public that it was hard to detach without people realizing and I I didn't know how to set a boundary at that time and say hey you know what I'm not comfortable talking about this or I don't want to um that is something that I would be able to do now but at that time I didn't I didn't know what I know now um so just know learn from my experiences you don't owe anyone a justification or an explanation into anything you only share what you're comfortable with sharing period (laughs) do you plan to do an episode on your PCOS journey yes I do I plan to do a full dedicated episode to PCOS um I just want to put in the right time and research for it because I don't want to be someone that adds to the misinformation that's already out there. There is a lot of misinformation around uh, PCOS and endometriosis and women's health in general and I don't want to contribute to that in any way. But I would love to discuss my experience and the type of PCOS that I have because there is different types of PCOS and I think that's important to note. Um, So with each different type of PCOS there's obviously going to be different types of symptoms so my my symptoms and my severity might not be the same as yours because um, each are on a spectrum so I would love to deep dive more into that and talk more about it uh, I have a lot of friends who have PCOS um, so there's a lot of people in the space and community that are going through the motions and feeling the same way and I have found a lot of resources that have been very helpful to me and just communities where I feel seen and heard and supported because for a long time 
there wasn't anything like that. Um, it took me a long time just to get diagnosed with PCOS. And I was having issues and symptoms as early as when I first started menstruating. So this is definitely something I want to deep dive more into. And if anyone has questions, you can obviously send them over at Glorified Fat Girl. Um, but yes, I will absolutely be dedicating an episode and I'm very excited to do so. How are you going with your hair health journey? So if you've been following me for a while, you know that I always had really long hair and then I started bleaching it and I gradually got blonder and blonder and blonder. But at the same time, my PCOS took a turn for the worst. And just at that time, I started having extreme hair loss. It started snapping at the roots, started snapping at the base and just falling out um, at a really extreme rate. I I went brunette um, and I'm at the moment I'm kind of like this honey blonde so I've kind of switched in between my natural hair color and a tinge of blonde. Um, look it was it was going really well and things were looking on the up but it's kind of stunted and I'm still having a lot of hair loss so there's obviously a lot of issues still internally to work on if anyone has any tips recommendations what I can do like I am doing literally everything possible um, for my hair but it is just becoming more and more obvious that this is something to do with my hormones and my body and we have to get on top of that in order to manage this. Um, it makes me sad because I literally took for granted my hair in the past. Like I would just cut it to my shoulders and then grow it out again and it would be super long and then I would cut it to my shoulders again and grow it out again and this time that hasn't happened. I know it's just hair at the end of the day and it's really not that important but um, I do get a lot of my confidence from my hair and I love having beautiful luscious hair and I think the fact that it hasn't been healthy and it hasn't been looking its best it really does impact me so um, I'm, I am glad that it is like starting to look better it's looking a lot better than what it was but um, still very much so on this journey Spill the tea on your first kiss. I get this question almost every single time I do a Q&A and at this point I have to assume that it is the same person asking. I know that you want the details, who it was, where, how old was I, and truthfully I'm not going to give you any of that <laughs> because it wasn't a great experience for me. Um, and I don't want to relive that. So what I will say is, and do with this what you will, is your first doesn't matter. Your first means nothing. Um, I think we've put so much pressure on ourselves that that moment is so romanticized and has to be this or that. And if it's not this or that, we can feel like we had that moment robbed from us and, um... 
we feel like we, we can make ourselves kind of heartbroken um, but in reality that moment means nothing I think what matters most is who you end up with and your last um, but even the ones in between are more important than your first um, if you've had a great first experience and a great first kiss and it was super romanticized and it was a beautiful moment then I am very happy for you and I, I want you to live that up as much as possible um, but yeah no I I'm not going to share that information and if I'm ever to get this question in future Q&As again I'm just going to ignore it but I have gotten it in so many Q&As that I finally just wanted to address it you know but your first doesn't matter it's not what it's made up to be how many kids do you want to have I'm gonna be honest I don't want kids and that may change in the future like that is not set in stone by any means I'm more open to adopting and fostering than I am having my own um, but again that to be said like it may change in the future I just don't have much of a maternal bone in me um, I just don't I just don't want to I even asked my my psychologist I was like oh my god is something wrong with me because society tells me that I'm supposed to want kids and that it's a beautiful thing and blah 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 and she was like no and if anything it's better that you know this now versus you know going and having children and then becoming a mother and resenting them and taking it out on them um, and of course that is something I would never want to do I you know I love my friends children and I am an auntie um, and I love being the fun aunt like that is more my energy but in terms of having my own it's just not something that I see for myself um, I think it's just babies and toddlers that I don't really get on board with like I more or less just want to be your best friend and um, you to be growing into your own person so I see myself adopting and I see myself adopting um, a child that is maybe heading into their teenage years potentially uh, but again you never know like I might change my mind one day and if I do that will be totally valid such as my opinions and feelings right now are totally valid um, but I would love to do an episode on this just because I think there is a lot of pressure on women to have babies and get married but everyone's idea of success is different and I think that you don't have to conform to those normal quote-unquote normal um, ways of life in order to have a good life you know what I mean like people will say but you're, you're missing out and and children are the greatest thing that will ever happen to you but if you know in yourself that it is not for you that may not be your truth and as my psychologist said it is better that you know now 
versus going through and having the child and thinking that it's going to change and then nothing changes um so yeah don't I don't think I want children I know I don't want children I'm still dancing around and I'm very scared to say it and I shouldn't be um but subject to change you never know advice on breakups I feel like this could be a podcast within itself um so if you would like to hear that again head over to the Instagram page let me know um but I would just say really focus on yourself and I don't mean like go out there and get on the next thing and start dating someone else immediately like for some people that works but I just find that if you don't take a period in between where you just focus on yourself you are taking the same quote-unquote problems and you're just taking them into another relationship. I think you need time to reflect even on your mistakes, um, things you could have done better and uh, things that you learnt from this relationship and also just to heal from it because even if you are ready for the relationship to end and you're happy about it and you're like, okay, you know, I'm really glad that this is over, like this person wasn't good for me. I think you just need a period of time where you are alone and by yourself so that you can get back to you. Because when you're constantly with somebody and constantly in something, you're constantly giving a piece of yourself. And you never want to get to the stage where you've lost yourself. And you never want to lose yourself in a relationship or even in your job. You always want to have a piece of you for you. That is so important. And it's so self-explanatory. And it, it's like, no doubt, like, of course. But I just think those moments after a relationship are really important for you to just come back to you, ground yourself before you go back out there again. And I think the best thing that you can do, as hard as it is, is just to avoid all contact with the person. Because there is nothing that they can say that is going to change the outcome or make it better. And the more that you look for closure, you are just hurting yourself more I think we chase this idea of closure because maybe they can answer all these questions for us but you know what the answer was in the fact that it didn't work or that they hurt us that's all we need to know we don't need to know anything else and that's all the closure we need so avoiding contact and if that means muting them on social media I mean I would say deleting them but if you're not there yet muting them um trying to stay out of their social circle all of those kinds of things just really sticking to yourself focusing on you I think that's the best thing you can do after a breakup how hard was the paint by numbers 
I'm really scared to try it, but I really want to. Um, okay, so the first one that I did, surprisingly, wasn't too bad. The second one I would have thought would was going to be easier. It turns out it's harder. Um, so it's hit and miss on what is actually difficult and not. I will say it does take a lot of patience because there is a lot of fine little lines, but you don't have to stay in the lines. Like the two paintings that I'm working on now, I'm I am not staying in the lines. I am just allowing myself to go in and out and be messy with it and I think that makes it more personal. Um but I would recommend it. Give it a go. I think it's fun and you know, I, I finished my first painting a lot quicker than I am my next two. I'm taking my time a lot more just because they are a bit more frustrating. Um, but I think they're fun. And even if you can only commit to like 10 minutes a day or like every other day or once a week, why not, right? Like it, it is a good activity instead of just scrolling on your phone. Tell us some tea on your friends. Um, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to give you my friends secrets. But what I will say is that as somebody who had no friends growing up, and, and I mean no friends, like I would play in the schoolyard and there was this game, Mothers and Fathers, um, and we would play in the section of the school and we would pretend that it was our house and the group would be like, okay, Rochelle, you're going to stay home and clean. We're going to go and grocery shop. And, you know, I would just stay and like, okay, I'm going to sweep then or do the dishes. And some time would kind of pass and I would go off and find that they've relocated and started playing somewhere else without me. And some days, depending on how lonely I felt, I would either try to reintroduce myself and play again, or I would just go hide. And I'd either go hide behind um, the, I think it was like the bike shed, or I'd go hide in the toilets. Um, so I ended up being homeschooled in the end because school was just so difficult for me. I, I truly like... The only person I ever had was my friend Nikita, and if she is listening, I love you so much. You are my person, you are my soulmate, um, been with me through everything, but I, I really had no one. It is not lost on me right now that it is one thing to have, like, one good friend in life, but I have so many good friends and that is such a blessing and I think the positive spin that I put on my past is that I went through that so that I could have all these meaningful and genuine connections now and for everyone that I have in my life right now I love them all so much um a bunch of names are coming to my mind and I, I just want to say them all. Like, I just want to, like, list all my friends' names. Um, but they know who they are. And they know that I love them. Um, and I would do anything for them. And I'm just so grateful to have them in my life. And, you know, you have 
different friends for different things and some of them I am closer to in different ways but regardless I love them all the same and I love them so 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 much um and I just feel so blessed and so full in life so it might not be the tea that you wanted <laughs> but uh that's the tea that you got um you know, it's, again, it's one thing to say that you have, like, one best friend. But I have multiple best friends. And I, I love them all so, so, so much. Um, so to every single one of them, if they're listening, I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friend. Um, <laughs> that's such a silly thing to say. But I'm just so thankful for you. And, um, yeah. That's, that's it on that question. <laughs> So I'm going to wrap up that episode here. This was kind of long, but I just wanted to answer some of your questions so that you could re-get to know me, get to know me. Maybe you already know me really well and all of this information you already knew, but I just think it's really important to reintroduce yourself every now and again. I want to say thank you to everyone who did submit a question. They are anonymous and I don't know who sent them in. Um, I know not everyone loves participating in this kind of stuff, but I really appreciate it when you do because it gives me content. It gives me something to work with and without you, this episode would not exist. So thank you for submitting some questions. Um, I'm sorry to those who I didn't answer. There were definitely questions that I either just didn't feel comfortable answering, didn't want to answer. Um, or just didn't feel appropriate to answer. Um, so to those who didn't have their question answered, I, I am sorry. But regardless, I still hope that you learnt something or you've taken something away from this podcast. As always, I'm going to remind you to be kind to yourself. And I will speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.